forgetting the past and going forward, or we could say forgetting the past and going forward in 2012. It just reminds me of a story. I'll tell you a story of a, of a young man. And only boys, of course, you, you know, little boys, you know, it's the perfect story of this young man who goes out, and he has his baseball bat, and he has his, has his baseball in his hand, and he goes out in the backyard, and he's, and he's going to play, and he has his cap on his head, and then he takes his bat, and he holds it back, and he's getting ready to cock it back, and, and he throws the baseball up, and as he throws it up, he says, I'm the greatest batter in the world, and he swings and misses. He picks up the ball, looks at it as if there was something wrong with the ball. He takes the bat again, adjusts his hat. And he takes the ball and throws it up in the air. And he says, I'm the greatest batter in the world. Strike two. Then he picked up the ball, but he looked at his bat, thinking that maybe there was a hole in his bat. Thinking, how did I miss that? Making the last adjustment. He picks the ball up, as I said, and he throws it up and says, I'm the greatest batter in the world. And he swings and misses again. Strike three. Now, at that time, at that moment, most young men would have just said, forget it. He picks up the ball, looks at his bat, and he says, wow, I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. Did you get that? What am I saying? Attitude. And if we look at the things that we've been through in 2011 and we begin to move forward into 2012, it's about our attitudes. We have to change the way we look at life. This young man could have said, forget it, went in the house, powder, took off his hat, threw his ball and bat you know, in the corner. But he said, no, I am the greatest pitcher in the world. And I like that. And begin to see yourself as great because God calls you great. God wants you to do great things, and he'll, and he'll help you to do those things. As we go into 2012, realizing this, that this is the first Sunday of 2012, and, and think about it, the last 12 months that you've been through, I mentioned this before, that I'm not sure that if any of you could say, you know what, you know, that, that you're a, a batter, you know, or a pitcher, but I can say this, as we look back over our lives, there's some things that we swung at, we hit, there's some things we swung at, and we missed, we struck out. But aren't you glad that we can continue to move forward in 2012? And imagine this right now as, we, as everybody's coming back and, and the holidays are over. They're excited. Students are coming back, coming back into town. You're going to see them, you know, today, tomorrow, coming back, driving in our college students. You're going to see our students and families coming back for school. And everybody's going to be moving forward. And for the next 12 months, all these things are going to be happening. And then, Again, we have to say, ask ourselves, you know, I don't know. Some people say, I, I mean, do I really want to move into 2012? What about some of the things that happened in my life in, in 2011? I'm not sure that 2012 is going to be a great year at all. But see, if we, if we change our attitude, it will. But if we think the same way we thought, or if we allow the things that hindered us in 2011 and have the wrong attitude, Instead of going into 2012 and saying, this is going to be the greatest year ever for me. I'm believing God to do wonderful things for me and not only for me, but for everybody around me. We become excited and we have a great attitude. And I think about the Apostle Paul. And when I think about the Apostle Paul, the attitude that he had, think about it. As you read through, and we can, we're going to look at Philippians, but throughout his writings, we can see that Paul went through so many things in his life, so many circumstances, so many issues, but yet he did not allow those, those circumstances to stop him from moving forward. And we cannot allow circumstances from, to stop us from moving forward. We can't allow it to happen. 
we have to continue to move forward. No, we may not like how things happen or what people say or do, but we began to develop this personality like this young boy that even though he swung the bat, he missed the ball, he struck out, but yet he said, then again, I am the greatest, what, pitcher in the world. How are you looking at things? I'm determined and I'm believing that I'm going to look at things far greater than I did in 2011. I want God to do great things for you in 2011, than in 2012 than he did in 2011. I want God to do great things for Faith Christian Family Church that he did in 2011 and 2012. That's what I'm believing for. Let's look together at our text then. We find ourselves in Philippians chapter 3. Turn there in your Bibles. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, and as we look and look at 12 through 16, we're going to see Paul's attitude. Oh, I love his personality. He had one of those personalities that just wouldn't quit. I mean, it's like, you know, you know those weeble wobbles. What happens? You hit them, you knock them down, and they just seem to get back up. And that's how Paul was. And that's that because of his personality, because of his attitude. I want to encourage you that you can be a weeble that wobble, but you don't fall down. You, what? you get back up. Come on, we're going to get back up. We're not going to stay down. Now, notice what it says reading from the New King James Version. It says this. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, therefore, let us, all of us, as many as are mature, have this mind, that is this attitude. If any, it says, then again, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, To the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by that same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Let us be of the same mind. Let us be of the same attitude is what we're talking about this morning. What is our theme in your notes is simply this. We're going to talk about a few principles concerning our attitude. A few principles concerning your attitude. And think about the kind of attitude you had in 2011. Some of you can say, man, I had a great attitude all year long. That's wonderful. If you can say that, I know I I can't say that. I'm just being honest with you, all right? But as we go into 2012, we're going to look at at principles concerning our attitude that that we can carry with us into the new year. So let's look at the first principle. Here it is, forgetting your past. Woo, wow. Now, you know what? Some people say that's more easier what said than done. But forgetting your past, in order for us to move forward, into 2012, into what God wants us to do, and not only in your personal life, but also with the church, we have to forget about our past. And we've seen this at the end, as we just read, Paul said, forgetting what? Forgetting those things. We read this together. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are what? Behind. And pressing, everybody say press, or reaching forward to those things that are ahead. In other words, when I read that, that's a perfect scripture from going out of any crisis in your life, from moving from, as we're doing now, from each year to each year, each day to, to another day, each week to another week, each month to another month. 
is to forget about what has happened yesterday and begin to lay hold of the prize that God has for you today. Forget about it. We can't change it. There's nothing that we can do to change last year. Now, some people say, yeah, I can do my taxes. Well, it depends. It depends. Some can. But then, of course, you, you know, sometimes you do a little revision, you get in trouble. But leave your taxes alone. Okay, anyways, all I'm saying is let's move forward. Everybody say move forward. So look at Paul's life. Look at the attitude that Paul had and then forgetting. So as humans, in your notes, humans are very special beings. You know that you're special this morning. And why are you special? Let me tell you why. Because this, God has given you the ability to remember. Now, however, your memories, think about this, they can be your friend or they can be your enemy. So we choose. Do we want our memories to be our friends or do we want our memories to be our enemy? Because I will tell you today, if we set in motion, if everyone is to say, listen, I'm setting in motion today, the things I did not like that, that I did or that was said, that the goals I didn't accomplish in 2011, and I leave those alone, those are not good memories. I'm going to forget those. But now I'm going to move forward in 2012. And listen, those memories, you know what they're going to do? They're going to propel me to move forward. They're going to encourage me to go forward, not to quit not turn back and give up. And I think about so many people, so many athletes, and we're going to talk about this, but, uh, but Paul, I know that he had this, think about uh, anybody in life, the things that Paul did. And if you read it, I mean, he admitted his own self that he was the chief among sinners. He persecuted the Christians and sent them out, you know, to be slaughtered. And you know what? He was able to get over that. He was able to forget about that. That's what he's talking about. He was able to let it go. Can you imagine that the Christians who knew about Saul at that time before he became Paul and that he persecuted them? Do you realize that even when he came amongst the church that they rejected him? They said, we don't have nothing to do with him. As I heard about your reputation, that you were killing our fellow brother and sisters. But then he had been converted. There's things he had to forget about. People would turn their back on him. And then not only that, but when, when he began to follow after Christ, when he had that experience on the road of Damascus, and he began to let everything go that he had. Everything about all this education. Think about all this position and his status. And he let it go. And then when he came amongst the and to tell them all that had happened to him, they gave him also the left hand of fellowship. And they didn't have nothing to do with him. But he had to forget. He had to forget in order to move forward. Say forget so I can move forward. Many people in your notes, many people dwell on their past failures. Some deal with past failures today that have happened 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Blaming other people. And some are just their own personal mistakes with things that people have done to them. But you can't do anything about it now. We cannot change it. And so, mistakes and sins so much that they become spiritually, here's your blank, paralyzed. They become spiritually paralyzed. In other words, they're unable to live productively for God. They are spiritually paralyzed. Because every time they try to move forward, it's like you're getting up in the morning and you're driving your car, and all of a sudden, it's like having a short. You don't know where that short is. And then you get up, you're going to work, you get, get your car going, then, then you get home and you sit overnight and you try to start it up and it doesn't start. And you have to continue to jump. You need a jump start all the time. 
You're like, what is going on? Is something, is it my cables? Is it my battery? Is it a connection? And what happens is, is that there's something wrong with that vehicle, and we need to take it into the shop and get it fixed. Maybe it's just as simple as changing your battery. That's what happened to me. Maybe it's just as simple as changing our attitude. That's what happened to me. So I encourage you. Maybe it's just as simple as changing your attitude as we go into 2012, as we continue to move forward. Because understand this, that our greatest glory be, in your notes, is not in never failing, but here it is, but in rising every time we fall. You see, people are going to fail. There are some things that you want to accomplish that you may not. I'm sure you can look back at 2011 and say, there were some great things I wanted to do, but they never happened for me. But the fact is, because it didn't happen doesn't mean we quit. Now we get back up. Yeah, we may fall down, but we get back up. We may fall down, but we get back up. And that's the whole, whole idea about moving forward. I think about people like Babe Ruth. You know that Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times. But do you also know that he hit 714 home runs? Now, just imagine if he just said, forget it. I quit. I struck out too many times. He would have never hit 714 home runs. Or how about this? Do you, did you know that R.H. Macy failed seven times before his New York department store finally caught on the Macy's you go to today? It failed seven times. And then there was a commercial. Maybe you remember this, kind of dating you a little bit. There's this voice that came through, through the commercial airways, and it says something like this. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've almost lost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Let me say that again. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Those words were spoken by Michael Jordan. By most standards, one of the greatest basketball players that played, ever played the game. You see, we, we look at all the things that, like the accomplishment. The world has a way of showing us, oh, man, he took that last shot and he made it. Well, they don't always show the time that he took the last shot and he missed. Right? Well, they don't show that where he lost all these games. See, we look at all the, what is it, like six? Is it six or seven? I'm not sure how many championships, but we talk about the championships all the time. But never talk about the 26 times that he was trusted, you know, to, for the last, you know, winning shot, and he missed it. Can you imagine walking off the floor? Most people would have said, forget it. But he actually allowed failure or those misses to cause him to succeed. Do you see that? So many people, because we fail, will say, forget it. I'm going to throw in the towel. I quit. No, allow that to move you forward. Maybe you haven't done well. Maybe on the job you got a bad review. Hello. Now, guess what most people want to do? Quit. I'm looking for another job. I don't like that supervisor. I don't like this. I don't like that. But as believers, remember, we're talking about attitude. Everybody say attitude. We can change our mind. That happened to me. Isn't that funny? I'm telling you, the last place I was at and working, I just began to develop, and I said, and Betty was helping me every day, every day. And then the times we were around Holly, she was helping me 
as well. Yeah, that's not a good attitude. That's not a good attitude. And you know what? I knew that. Don't look at me like that. You knew it too. Not about me, but about you. You understand what I'm saying? And then I had to continue to work on that and continue to work on that. I actually allowed the enemy to place a thought in my mind that they didn't like me, that they didn't care about me. Whether I, when I came to work, when I left, they're not concerned about me reaching my goals and on and on and on and on. And then, you know, one day the manager came down, the GM said, I want to I move you to a larger store so that you can do better. We've been watching, we've been observing you, you're doing a great job. We want to give you a better opportunity to succeed. I was like, wow, attitude. And then when I left, what they did, they threw me a nice little party. The people I said that don't like me. They got me all of my favorite things. How about chocolate molten cake? Mmm, you can see. Oops, let me pull my shirt down. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I love hot tamales. Twizzlers, I'm just making a list, y'all write that down. So all I'm saying, all these wonderful things. And you know what? They gave me a nice little gift bag. Yes. And I'm thinking, these are the people that don't like me. Hello. I had the problem. I had the problem. They didn't have the problem. Attitude. Everybody say attitude. And you begin to find out that we allow our minds to think sometimes these terrible, horrible things about people when all along all they're trying to do is encourage you. They're trying to encourage us to move forward. And like we would say, you know, just kick us in the seat of the pants. Come on, wake up. There's so many things that we can do. We, there's so many things that, that, we, that can be done. And so my goal as we, as we turn this corner here in 2012, I'm going to be encouraging you. There's so many things that we can do in 2012 as a church. And we're going to begin to talk about one of the things I guess some people and and perhaps a lot uh, are like very, maybe not comfortable with, but that's evangelism. Listen, gang, the only way that we're going to fill these seats is we have to talk to people about Jesus. That's a novel idea, isn't it? That's supposed to have been funny. But anyways, serious at the same time. The only way, everybody say only way. And you say, but I don't know anybody. Do you work with people? Yes. Do you live next to people? I hope you do. You've got neighbors somewhere, whether it's, whether it's right next door or a mile away, two miles, five, ten, twenty. They're still your neighbor. Invite them to church. In other words, let's consider it this way. If there was no tomorrow, how would you live today? If there was no tomorrow, And you have family and you have friends that you know that are not living right. If there's not going to be any tomorrow, then how would you have a sense of urgency to reach out to them and to win them to Christ? Because that's what it's all about. Because for many, there was no tomorrow. And they died lost without Christ. We cannot take life for granted. So we're going to be encouraging you as we go forward. And, and, and we have to have the right attitude. We have to be encouraged to say, I can do this. God will help me do this. I know I can. And if we ever feel like we can't, then we, we begin to, to get a hold of the word of God. In Philippians 4, come on, 13, that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Listen, family of God, we can do it. And we're not just doing it to fill the seats. We're doing it because we love people. Let me say it again, because we love people. Don't you love people? Oh, boy, let me work on that. Do you love people? 
So you're already thinking about, man, what I got to do. Forget about that. God will take care of that. Just allow the love of God to come out. Just have fun. Enjoy Jesus. Can you say amen? Do you enjoy yourself on your job? You should. Do You should. I'm serious. I mean, you should have fun. It's your job. You, you know, that, that you spend seven to eight hours a day with those people? Hello. The question is, our attitude, right? Remember, I'm talking about, I know what I'm talking about because I know what I had to do. I had to change my attitude. Customers, whatever line of business you're in, every day you're spending that time with them. You might as well enjoy it. Change your attitudes, put a smile on your face. You'll find out that people start smiling back at you. You say, well, how come everybody's always frowning at me? Because you're frowning at them. Let me go on. Number two. You know I'm telling you the truth. Number two. Principles. Everybody say principles. Focusing your priorities. What are your priorities? Paul said in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now understand this, priority, prioritizing. Do you know that obviously Paul did more than, than, you know, of course, one thing. I mean, he made tents, he preached sermons, he planted churches, he wrote books, he did a lot of things. But A, in your notes, 2A, it says Paul's number one priority was the kingdom of God. Say kingdom of God. So he was running straight toward that goal. Think about it. You're running straight towards your goal. See yourself in 2012 running straight towards your goal. And he wasn't going to let anything distract him. That's your blank. He wasn't going to let anything distract him. Don't let anything distract you from it. Set goals. Right now is the perfect time to set new goals. And don't let anything distract you from reaching those goals. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You can't make it. You can't have this. You can't have that. You can't go there. Don't listen to all of that. You put your faith and trust in God. Say in God. And let him minister to you. And let him bring it to pass. We read earlier this morning, Matthew 6, 33. You know, Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then what? All these things will be added unto you. The question is, what are we seeking? What are we putting first? We're talking about priority, prioritizing. Seek first the kingdom of God, not things. Everybody say, not things. Don't seek things. Seek first the kingdom of God. And listen, and his righteousness, then what's going to happen? All these things will be added unto you. They're going to come. So many times I believe in life, what happens is we've got our priorities all messed up. We're seeking after things. We're going after things. We're trying to pursue. I want happiness. I want this. I want that. We can have those things. But the Bible clearly tells us it's to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things say things will be added unto you. Let's continue. B. So if you're considering right now resolutions for the new year, let me give you two suggestions. A, I mean, excuse me, one, set aside 30 minutes every day to read your Bible and pray. Just, just say, you know what, I'm going to commit for this next year, coming year, 30 minutes to set aside and just Read my Bible. You can get a, a daily devotion. 
and they're not very long, and just read it. And then two, determine to be more involved in God's kingdom. And say, I am going to be involved in God's kingdom. I'm going to do more than I've done this past year. I'm going to, I'm going to give more of myself. I'm going to reach out more. I'm going to talk to anybody and everybody I see. I know for some you say, that's not my personality. Well, Lord, ask the Lord to help you. I said, ask the Lord to help you. My family, my wife have always told me that I've never met a stranger. I'm just starting to believe that. No, I believe that. And I'm persuaded that's just part of my life. That's just who I am. I mean, if I've met you for the first time, and, and within, the, I guess, five minutes, I'll know everything about you. Because I'll ask you, you know, how are you doing? And usually that goes to this. And you know, it talks about, then, of course, your family. It talks about if, you, if you're married, have you, you know, have you children, on, on, and on. And then I come back to the table. I do this just going to the restroom in a restaurant. Yeah. They say, where you been? I was just talking to so-and-so. Do you know them? No. Talking to the waiter. Talking to the waitress. But leaving a mark. Listen to me. Leaving a mark, planting a seed. Everybody say, plant a seed. I want to encourage you. Thank you. Oh, every person you meet, that's an opportunity to be a blessing and to leave a mark on their lives so they'll remember you. I have to tell you, I love it because, because, I mean, listen, allow everything in your life to become who you are and allow people to see you as you are. I have to tell you, at work, we're talking about this. We, we get together from time to time, and Betty and Holly and I, and we ask the question, they ask me, you really like your job. I do. I want them to pay me more. I'm believing for that. But I like my job. You know why I like it? Because I like working with people. So they come up, and they come into the bank, and, and I'm a teller, and I love it because I'm trying to connect with them. And you know what's a, which is really gratifying, which is really a blessing, is they say, no, I want to wait for him. I think that's cool. Or if you go somewhere and say, no, I want, I want this person to wait on me. You, want, you know why? Because you built a relationship with them. Now, I'd rather see so-and-so. This happens. I'm just only talking about me. I'm not talk, I can't talk about you. you know, but this happens when you begin to give yourself. You begin to develop relationships. You begin to talk about people. And then guess what comes out? Guess what has to come out? About, about me or about you. That you're a Christian. That you just say, man, what is it about you? This one guy said to me the other day, he, I mean, it was, it was the other day for New Year's, because I'm saying, what are you going to do for New Year's? Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go out, and I'm going to go ahead and get a beer, and I'm just going to relax just one beer, because I, I, I don't drink more than one beer. He said, so you and I ought to come on out and, and just have one beer. And I said, wow, one beer. So I'm like, one beer. I said, you know what? Man, I, I don't drink. I've given up beer a long time ago, but I drink root beer. He's like, what? You're crazy. No, man, I don't drink. I said, I don't acquire a taste for that. I've lost that taste, and I don't do that anymore. And he go on to all this spiritual thing and let him cast the devil out of you and all this other stuff. I just simply said, but that doesn't mean I don't want to hang out with you. I could have turned him off completely. But I just said, no, I don't do it anymore, but I like root beer. So then he said, in our conversation, well, okay, we go out, we hang out. He says, you know, I'll have a beer. I'll make sure I get you a root beer. I said, that sounds good. I can drink root beer. But all about this, all about coming back. And then he's saying, what's different about you? Jesus. Are you listening to me? And that's what we do in 2012. That's what we can all do in 2012. All right? So let's go on. So we're talking about set aside 30 minutes every day to read your Bible and pray. Determined to be more involved in God's kingdom. And if we tend, listen, if we intend to press on toward the mark in your notes to win the prize that God's heavenly, listen, heavenly call offers, then we need to make God and his kingdom our top priority in life. 
Number three, functioning in the present. Functioning in the present. We need to function right now in the present. Paul, in your notes, was living and acting in the present. Many people today are trying to live in the future. The future is not here yet. Tomorrow is not here yet. But today is here right now. So I would encourage you, focus on the present. Focus on giving everything you have to God right now. Focus on living for God everything you've got right now. Imagine again if there was no tomorrow. If this was your last day on earth, how would you live it? Think about it. Would you do this? Would you do that? Because as we ponder, we begin to think, man, I got this long list. Because when we first hear that, we go, wow. And all of a sudden, when we start meditating on it, guess what? The list goes boop, boop, boop. You know why? Because we begin to prioritize. We begin to set things in order and go, no, no, no. That's not that important. That, no, that's not important. This is important. Prioritizing. Everybody say prioritize. Functioning in the present. So everyone in the world, and here's the thing, you know, I think about the holidays, and everybody knows the holidays are busy, isn't that right? Sure they are. When you think about Christmas, we think about Thanksgiving, they're all busy, you know. But everyone in the world today, or should I say everyone in the world in your notes, has something scheduled to do, here's your blank, someday. Someday. Don't you? Think about it. I'm going to do this someday. I'm going to go there someday. I'm going to make that happen. Say that with me. Someday. I'm going to have that. Come on. Someday. But do you know what? Here's the problem. That someday is not in any of our calendars. There's Sunday. There's Monday. There's Tuesday. There's what? Come on. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There is no someday. Come on. It doesn't exist. But we keep saying someday, someday. So all I'm saying is this. Like Paul, his ultimate example of living life, and you know, to the fullest, is live each day as if it were your last. Benjamin Franklin said this. Do you love life? Then do not squander time, for that is the stuff that life is made of. Don't squander your time. Abraham Lincoln said this. The leading rule for a man of every calling is diligence. Never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. And so I encourage you as we close. Let us choose our own attitudes and follow the advice of the Apostle Paul. Everybody say attitudes. And as we leave this morning, I want you to think about right at this moment, what kind of attitudes do I have? How have I been... How have I been thinking? Even, even it's the new year, it's the first day of the new year, even sitting here this morning, what kind of attitudes have I had even sitting here? I mean, because I'm believing and praying and thanking God that even this moment and that this time that you began to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you and challenge you and say, I've got to let things go. I, I'm not going to carry this into 2012. I'm not going to do it. I didn't, like, I didn't like it in 2011, and I don't like it now. And therefore, I'm not going to bring it into 2012. We talked about a few things this morning, haven't we? We talked about forgetting your past, looking beyond our failures, looking beyond our sins, you know, the failures of yesterday, and learn from them, though. We can learn from them. We repent. We learn. 
but then we move forward. How about we talked about focus on your priorities. Begin to prioritize your life. Spend time in the word. Spend time praying. Spend time evangelizing. Think about that because that's what we were put on earth for. Because we're made and created in God's image and his likeness. And God wants us to reach out and to touch someone and just be a blessing. And I'll tell you this, not like you're acting like a a crazy person, but just being on fire for God. And you know, usually when something's on fire, people come to watch it burn. Let them come and watch you burn, man. Just on fire and burning for God and on fire for Jesus. Guess what? They're going to say, man, I want some of that. Because then their lives may be so cold, hurting, and they'll get closer and warm up. I just want to warm up to that flame. I want to warm up to that love that you're showing everybody here. I heard that person say this to you. It was very nasty, but you kept smiling. You didn't, you didn't walk away and you didn't curse and use ugly words. Wow. There's something I admire about you. And then we talked about function in the present. In other words, stop living in the future. We can't do anything about the past, but let's stop living in the future and live for right now. Today, tomorrow, I encourage you, give everything, put everything into your tomorrow. I mean, everything that God would want you to put into your tomorrow. Everyone you see, leave a mark. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Will you... Bow your heads and close your eyes with me.